Let's get motivated. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? This is the Kenny James Show. Direct and in full effect. Visit KennyJToday.com. Good day, guys, and welcome to another show. This is an unfiltered portion for the show. This unfiltered is where I bring in some of the best friends of mine who we can have certain conversations about a variety of things and uh, just let it all hang out. So I have two really good friends on the line with me today. I've known them for quite some time. One, I'll just call him Little Debbie Dev and the other, I'll just call Little Armani. Welcome to the Kenny James Show, guys. You try to get started before the show actually started. You was getting ready to tell you COVID results. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. We haven't even started the show yet. (laughs) Look, you were so eager. You were so ready to go. I was like, oh my God, just hold on for just one second. But yeah, I want to hear about your COVID results really quick. First and foremost, I just want to, once again, allow you guys to say whatever it is that you want to say. You can introduce yourself. Well, I just want to say thank you, Kenny. My name is Armani Blackman. Thank you for having us on today. I really appreciate it. And man, I'm just here to uh, to, to spark conversation, to listen, and 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 to bring awareness. Man, that's that's, that's what I'm here. For. Thank you, Armani. My name is Devin Young. Uh, Kenny, I, I really want to thank you so much for giving us this platform and, and time to just kind of be free and open and, and talk about things. Because I know you know that Armani and I are rather authentic. Uh, in our words and uh, you mm-hmm. know I, I don't claim it for everyone but I, I like to speak for myself so I appreciate this and thank you for being on the show with me it, it is a pleasure and just as equally as you um, I'm thankful for having you the reason I, I like to do this is because there's so many people who listen to the show and right now I, I just want to say thank you to all the listeners because I haven't done this yet uh, the Kenny James show is being listened to on every single continent That is amazing for me, guys. I never in a million years, you know, I really just want to have you guys on the show so we can have lighthearted conversation and talk about some things that are affecting us in the everyday world and, you know, things that you guys are going through that you want to have a conversation about. So thank you. Congratulations on on the show. Yes, congrats, Kenny. Thank you. I want to know your test results, Armani. Did you, you got them back, right? Do you have the details? No, 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 I don't. So I don't have my test results. I can, I can explain why I got tested in the first place. So I'm supposed to get my test results back today. Um, I just got a text from one of my friends stating that I would actually need to reach out to the physicians myself because apparently they are lagging on getting those results back. It's supposed to be quick results, 24 to 48 hours. Today is 48 hours and it's 4, 447 Texas. And I still haven't heard back yet. Um, so I'll probably give them a call after after this phone call right now to see what my results are. I'm really not okay. too concerned about being, you know, COVID positive because I'm not exhibiting any symptoms. It's just the fact that my brother and his wife were exposed and I'm staying with them. So, you know, I just wanted to take all the precautions necessary to make sure that I'm not exposing anybody else. People don't care about exposing other people. Yeah. So are <laughs> Are you in Texas right now? I've been in Texas since Father's Day. Oh, okay, so you're still there. I don't know why I thought you were back here in the Bay Area. Well, if my results come back negative, I fly back Saturday. If if they if not, then I'm quarantined for the next 14 days. Here, which is really, are you wearing? Are you wearing? Are you wearing? I'm ready to get back in the house. Am I wearing a mask? Yeah, like when you're. No. 
engaging with your brother and sister? No, we're, we, they they were exposed. So no, we all been exposed. I'm not wearing a mask in the house. No. You, you do understand that it would significantly reduce the risk of contracting, even if they were positive and, and you hadn't caught it yet. You still could reduce that risk. But that's on you. That's on me. Yeah, I'm not wearing a mask in the house. In, in, in house. <laughs> well, he, here's the thing: who, who exposed them? Outside. Who exposed them? Who exposed <laughs> you guys? How did you get exposed? So down here in Texas, they got these kids out here still doing AAU tournaments and stuff. My brother and his wife went to a AAU tournament in San Antonio, and you guys, I don't know if you guys are familiar with basketball, but Jason Car- Jason Terry is the girls' coach. Jason Terry played on the Mavericks, won a championship for the Mavericks back in 2011. Um, Jason Terry got tested for COVID before he went to San Antonio, knowing that he could either be positive or negative, decided to go to San Antonio. His results came back positive, and now he's exposed all these people. So now I'm having COVID because of a stupid ass coach. So yeah, not quite pleased about that, but all this. This whole COVID stuff and how they're trying to politicize it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. This is the healthcare issue. You shouldn't be trying to politicize this. Wear your fucking mask. Uh, take a shower. Be clean. <laughs> social distance. It's that simple. For me, for me, it's that simple. But for other people, if they they, they want to they want to try to make it some something that it's not. And I hope my results come back negative. We'll hope they come back negative, negative too. But it, it, you know, with all the all the things that you just said, Monty, it sounds like it's going to be positive as hell. No, you sound like you're no, positive no, as hell. No. I mean, here here's a. Let I'm me not just, expecting any symptoms. They're not exhibiting any symptoms. Let me just give you and a little bit of tidbit it, it, here. It's possible that I've already already had COVID mm-hmm. and I'm asymptomatic. And if I'm asymptomatic, then I'm good. But how do you know that if just guesstimating that off the top of your brain? I'm stating that I haven't exhibited symptoms. Everybody that I know that has but COVID you ever been tested and that before, has... How do you know that you're not asymptomatic? Seven, if you're asymptomatic, you cannot spread COVID. That's literally what they I told me. But what, Kenny, what Kenny and I are saying is you haven't been tested before this and so people have been around you. So are you going to... Never mind. We'll just move on. With you and <laughs> well, look, I'm not done with moving on. I just want to say... I don't want to say first. I have not been around any people since I have been exposed to COVID, if that's what you're asking. I have not been around any people. I stayed, I stayed at the house. But no, that's not what I was saying. But anyway, you're you're good, bro. What are you saying? I hope you're negative. Uh, anywho, uh, on on a lighter note, well, it's not really lighter, but uh, it's actually a horrible note. Miami is being reported as the epicenter of the pandemic. So I think they just reported seven. It's a new record, seven thousand new cases uh, in a day. Yeah, it was actually be a new record every day. The, the total number of infected for COVID per day in the U.S. is sixty-seven thousand now, which is a new new high for the day. But every day is going to be a new high. Yeah. So you know, and how do you feel about like, oh, you know, it's because we're just testing more. That's the only reason why the cases are going to <laughs> testing more. That makes no sense. That makes no sense. That's just like if you tell a, a pregnant woman, oh, don't get pregnant. Don't, don't get pregnant. You're, you're not. You're not gonna have a baby. That really makes no sense. If she doesn't get tested, she still gonna have. She still. She still has a baby. If I don't get tested for HIV and I'm HIV positive, I'm still gonna have HIV. Not getting tested is not the answer. So what is the answer? People wearing the damn mask and social distancing. <laughs> That's the answer. That is very simple. But there's a lot of people out here. You know, Walmart just uh, put in a rule today that at all of their stores, you are required Ooh. to now wear a mask. Have these people mad. Yeah, I mean, hey, look. You're, you're just going to have to be mad. No one's no one's telling you that you have to shop at Walmart. You can take your ass down somewhere else. Because here's the thing. I have very low tolerance for people who sit up here and proclaim to be true Americans. Every single person that you come in contact with, you should be respecting. Wearing a mask is a, a, a part of respect. That's what I look at it as, you know? The fact of the matter is, when you do go out in public, I think that you should consider wearing a mask because... Not only are you protecting yourself, but you're protecting other people as well. Everybody's definition of what America is, my viewpoint of the flag is different from your viewpoint of the flag. 
is different from somebody else's viewpoint of the flag. Everybody's perspective on what we should hold America high is different for everybody else. It's, it's individualized. All the stuff that's going on in America right now, it, I, I hate to say that, say it, but it's like, yeah, it shocks the hell out of me. But am I really shocked? We know, like, we understand this is how America has been feeling. They're just now vocally saying it and people are getting exposed. And speaking of America... Mm-hmm. And people being exposed in a sense, you know, there's another report out today. 87 people have been charged with felonies after the Breonna Taylor protests at the attorney general's house. Obviously, if you guys were on social media, you know that uh, Portia Williams, I'm just going to say Portia Portia Williams. Williams. Yeah, I don't know her new last name. Uh, yeah. And some other individuals were arrested. arrested. Yeah. How do you yep. feel about that? What, what's your 87 people, though? I mean, charged with felonies, not a misdemeanor, a felony. I mean, I'll let Armani talk more about this, but Louisville just needs to do better. I mean, it just is, this has gone too, too long, too far. I mean, you have the world talking about race. They hand people felonies. I mean, look, we, we, let, we, let, we let white men rape women outside of dumpers dumpster um, and serve less time for that. You know what I mean? We let, we let, exactly. we let white families buy their way into Ivy League schools and, and, and have reparations of three weeks in, in jails. And you know what I mean? And we have women in other counties who just transfer their kids to a different district in the hope that they get a better education and serve three to five years in prison. I mean, we're really what we're talking about here is a, a discrimination factor that for what these people are standing for and not being a black person and a, bl- mm-hmm. and, and a black woman at that, you are not allowed to do that here in America. And that's what, that, that's what the symbolism of handing out felonies are, is this is bigger than just a slap on the wrist, is that this is much deeper than that, and that we're going to teach you and put you in your place and show you guys that no matter what place. you are, right, white, black, you know, Latino, Asian, it doesn't matter, you know, going going from here on out, you're going to be put in your place and you're going to understand what Black Lives Matter or what Breonna Taylor life is or what any other black person's life matters to us and what it means and what we will what we'll do to you. Do you oppose us? It's, the message is deep, but honestly, it's how the government is set up. So there's nothing broken within American government. The American government is working exactly how it's supposed to work. That's why when you see people trying to make change to the American culture, you hear these white people in, in an outcry. They are so upset. How can you change this thing? What, what exactly are we changing? We, we want it to be for, for equality for all. We want everybody to be on even playing fields, but y'all don't want that. As soon as as soon as your white privilege, your white fragility has even been infringed on, you feel like somebody is coming at you and harassing you and intimidating you. Mm-hmm. That's not what's happening. Like all, like these, these black people who are now considered felons, they have literally lost their right as American people. They cannot now go and vote. They cannot now go and pass legislation and policies to help build the black community. They are stripping us of our right. rights. That's exactly what they want us to do. Mm-hmm. It's so fucked up. And I, like, I don't know how it's, it's, it's in plain sight. Now, a lot of people have, I've unfollowed some people, I've unfriended them as well, and I've told them why. Oh, I've, yeah. And I've been very, I've been, <laughs> look, I have no qualms about it. I've been very direct. And I said, look, we have two different opinions. I said, we can certainly talk about it, but I'm not interested in following you and seeing the content that you're posting because to me it does it's you know hockey puck as you know who's it's 2020 if you are still riding around with a trump flag or confederate flag in front of my face you know what message that you're putting in front of me and you're invoking hate that's why i can't if you are if you are a trump fan in the year 2020 Mm -hmm. you are racist i cannot see otherwise i cannot see you saying oh i vote for trump for policy reasons i vote for trump because conservative views no if you are voting for trump in 2020 and you want to sit here and tell me all lives matter you are a racist. You know exactly what you're doing. You are invoking hate and divisiveness within the world. That's why I can't. I can't stand to listen to that that rhetoric. 
it, it's nothing but, but hatred. So this really brings me to yeah. kind of like your some of your previous podcasts, uh, Kenny, just like with Ty Leslie, you know, you guys talked a lot about letting people go out of your life. People who, you know, even like are just acquaintances or if they're family or their friends, it, you know, things like that. I mean, you guys kind of dove very deep into it, but it, it, this, I think, is intertwined with that, right? Like letting go of those specific kinds of people who mm-hmm. hate and, and really are just not here for your life or your well-being. Or what the movement is, what we're going to change in this country, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think when, when you and Ty kind of talked about that, really spoke, uh, I think about what we're kind of touching on now and, and really like, I've had to let go of my, my cousin. I've had to let go of some of my closest, you know, people that I thought were like cool from high school, maybe. Damn, um, you cousin. know, and, yeah, Oh, that one was real tough. I mean, we this was a whole situation, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of at the point where, you know, there's nobody in my life. If you are that, if you're against my people or, or if you are against my own being, I, I can't be with you. I can't ride with you. I can't, I can't mess with you in, in no yeah. way. I don't fuck with you. Yeah. It's just not the way that I do my life. You know what I mean? And in the sense of if you're my cousin and, and you oppose the being of black people or what they stand for, or just that they we're talking about equality here, not better than, you know, if, if that's an issue for you, then we have no, we have nothing in common. We have nothing to talk about. And that, there's no reason for you to be in my life. Now there's some people I know that I've had the conversation with them and, you know, someone right now, I'm not going to say any names, but she's considering a divorce. You know, she is biracial, similar to you, Devin. She's black and white. Her husband is white. Mm-hmm. They have a child together. I think about a four-year-old child. And the sentiment from him was he doesn't believe racism exists. He thinks that ultimately uh, everyone is on an even playing field. And if we decide to start doing additional things like bringing back uh, affirmative action for certain people or certain locations, and that actually, in essence, to him, puts people on a different playing field. So he thinks everything is even now, and he doesn't think that there's anything wrong with what the presidency of Donald Trump is doing to the rest of this country and the world. So, you know, she's really getting ready to draw up the papers anytime soon. So it doesn't shock me really that you and your cousin well, uh, would have experienced that. Well, with people like that, so either you're ignorant or you choose not to listen to what's going on. So but more than that, that, that Armani, though, or, or more than that, she should have known. I mean, if, to me, if you're mad, well, she should have known from the beginning. Yeah, significant amount of time yes. with someone, right? And, and yes. so you should have yes. known. That's very true. It's not something you have a baby yes. with, right? Like I, I'm, I'm Fact. in a relationship yes. similarly, and if if I didn't know this about my my person, you know, I would never. It's not even. It's yes. not even a. a yes. It's not even an ounce of me that would even consider it. I wouldn't even. We never would even conceive a child or been in the relationship, marriage. It wouldn't have been that deep. Point, with y'all. Yeah. <laughs> not even yeah, the first date. So, I mean, I think that, but for that, do you marriage, think, right? do you think black people's social consciousness has even expounded further since the George Floyd situation? Cause I know even mine has like just even thought right. level that I'm thinking of is way different than even a few months ago. Yeah. So do you right. think that could play into a part two now? But I think it, dep- oh, uh, I think it depends on the person though. Yes, okay. for sure. It for has sure. to depend because there's a lot of so, people yeah, who, who don't necessarily think that that was a big issue. They say, yeah, you know, he had his, his knee on his neck and, uh, you know, he died. But, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard I that story. I've heard, I've really? heard that. Yes. And that was one of the individuals that I actually oh, followed wow. because I said, okay, look. <laughs> oh, yeah. You get blocked. I'm not getting blocked. <laughs> yeah, so you know, you talking some craziness now. You, this is crazy. Uh, so wait, when you speak to these people, Kenny, who say that they they don't believe in racism, they think everybody's on an even playing field. Do you ask them? 
how do you think that way? Like, what are you seeing? What jaded perspective of life are you seeing that you feel this way? Because I'm curious. I, I just don't understand anybody can have that perspective in life. Yeah, right. you know, I often, I look, I ask a series of question, questions, you know, as a journalist inside of me with a broadcasting degree, I ask a plethora of questions. And it, it seems to be the, sure. in, the end result for a lot of people is this that they're afraid to admit what they're actually seeing. That's what mm. I'm that's what I'm seeing from it. They don't want change. They did to not have, they're, they're, want, they're afraid of change. And it was more than just change though. It, it I didn't the person just did not want to admit that this person was possibly killed. Not even a possibility, right? Normally people could say, mm, I can get a little possibility in there that he was killed just because he was black. But they didn't even want to admit a possibility that it could have happened that way. Well, this happens to everyone, is what I heard. Police are brutal to everyone. It's funny with white people specifically who don't want to speak about racism because they think it's a good, bad binary. To say somebody's racist is to mean that this person is a bad person. And that is not all white people have implicit racism. <laughs> it is there. It is underlyingly there. You cannot help it. But they like if you if you were to say, Oh, you're racist, they immediately get there. How dare you? They can get super defensive. You get super def- like take your guard back and just listen to what I'm trying to tell you. Let me explain to you your implicit tendencies. Let me explain to you your ex- your explicit racist ways so that we can try to have a dialogue and communicate. I'm not sitting here to try to castigate you or character assessment you, but I'm telling you you have some underlying racial tone. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Devin. Go ahead. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, I see what you're saying in a sense, too. I, uh, my mom's white, right? And, and uh, we mm-hmm. had many conversations, and I've just tried to understand, you know, from a, you know, a whiter perspective of somebody who has been married to a black man and things like that, but kind of her thought on that. And she's like, oh, 100%. If you're a white person and don't believe that you've ever been racist or you have don't have racist tendencies or that you don't believe that racism has been inflicted on you since you were a child, that you're just an idiot. My mom knows, you know, she's yes. done things that can be considered prejudiced or racist. You have to check yourself and often she'll say, what the hell was I just doing? Like, why in the hell did mm-hmm. I just act like that? Or why yeah. the hell did mm-hmm. I think that way? And, you know, she says a lot of that happened before she had a black son and a lot of it came mm-hmm. with education of having a black son. You know, she'd go to my grandmother and say, look, I don't know what to do with this hair, right? I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to do that, right? Actually, I, I think for most white people in, in all genres and no matter what background you come from, there you exhibit some sort of racism because it's been taught to you. It's, it's behavior that's been taught. The simple fact that if you are around, if, if, a white, if a white person is around a group of white friends and they say something like, oh, he has nappy hair, and you don't say anything as, as an ally, as an ally to me, that is implicit racism. You are implicitly allowing this person to degrade me and, 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 and my natural hair because what? No, you need to check your friends when they do racial, racist things. Yeah. And I'm going to check my friends when I feel like they're doing, I'm going to check everybody's getting checked, regardless of color of skin. <laughs> yeah, everybody getting checked. That's accountability. That is the word. That is the word. Yeah. You have to hold people accountable for their actions. What's so unique <laughs> is that your mom, Devin, she actually came to the forefront to ask questions about, hey, look, am I doing this right? Am I saying this right? How should I respond to this? Asking questions is extremely important because it showcases that you have some sort of like a uh, logical conscience that okay maybe i am not yes or no Kenny. yes or no yes and hold How on so? yes yes and no if a case of patient is is is, is on his deathbed i'm not going to go and ask that case of patient hey what help do you need for me to do to you i'm going to do research and find things out there is a thing called google 
people can educate themselves instead of coming asking me, hi, hey, how does this make you feel? But educate I, yourself. I you don't all need to ask your black friend, how does this look? No. There, you can, but you but can sometimes, research sometimes things on your own. I can, I can agree with that. I can I definitely yes, agree with that's that. Not always, and that. Especially with her being your mother, Devin, yes. But a random-ass white dude comes to me asking me how I need to, how he needs to interact with me. Fuck out of here. Educate yourself. Find out. I don't go, well, I don't go and ask you say, my mom, different my mom groups of people. Go ahead, my mom doesn't send us, like, we don't have to have those conversations anymore. You know what I mean? Like, they're not even a, a question. But when, when yeah. we have these discussions to other white people, to educating other white people, she also had to come to terms with who she was as a white person. And so she mm-hmm. had to expand her, her white privilege and her voice and say to people, no, it's okay to say that we were wrong. It's okay to say that I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say that I thought yeah. uh, a, yeah. a certain way that uh, inappropriate and I should have, I should know better and I learned from it, right? I grew from it. So, you know, as we're on the way of canceling people and checking people as our money wants to do, you know, we also <laughs> got to see that there are people who have room to, to learn and grow and change and some some are a little bit more of a process and i know that there is like google and things that these people but there's also an authentic feeling that comes from learning from someone who is uh, maybe an ally yours or a friend and saying hey what can i do better like what can i do more and i've heard that before and sometimes it sounds like eh, this sounds annoying as all hell to me but like you know i kind of somewhat have listened a little bit and understood that maybe it's more of a learning curve yeah um but I, I don't know what's your what's your take on that Ken? look my thing was initially i'm okay with it I'm okay. If you want to come to me, you want to ask questions. I'm comfortable. I'm confident. I'm able to tell you, look, that, you know, some people, I had some people come to me and say, hey, what's the, what's the whole thing about Black Lives Matter? Because I think all lives matter. And I had to explain to them what the, the concept of that was, right? We're not saying that white lives don't matter. We're not saying that other lives don't matter. But at this present time, black lives, brown lives are under attack. So that's where that message, and I said it in a very plain, plain as day, way of explaining it so that they could literally get it. Uh, I was very clear about it. So I don't mind that you come to me and you ask me questions about it. It's not a, it's not a thing for me. I'm cool with it. Um, some people don't like it. Like you, Armani, they said, uh-uh, go look that shit up. There's Google for that. I'm, I don't, so, so, no, no, no. I'm cool no, with no, it. I think it's, I think I it's actually important. I am, cool with, I am cool with educating you. I'm saying the random ass person on the street asking me how I need to interact with another black person. I don't, that, that, that doesn't right. go with me. If you are my friend and, and, and you are sincere about me and I'm sincere about you and you have a sincere question, then yeah, I will sit there and have a dialogue with you and I'll explain to you what's going on. I've had many of those conversations with many, many of my white allies. Yeah. What I am not going to do is sit here and listen to some bumblefuck ass Tom Joe sit here and chant all lives matter in front of my face. I'm not doing that. What we need to start doing is those white allies who are able to listen, we educate them and then have them educate those who will not listen to the black. That's what needs to happen. Because those people, no matter what we say, no matter how articulate or how eloquent we sound within our feet, they will, they're never going to listen to us because of the color of our skin. So we can educate those who are willing and then those who are willing to go educate those who are not willing to listen to us. I can appreciate that. I like that statement. Now, I want to jump on something really quick that's very passionate, that I'm very passionate about, which is politics. I'm not necessarily uh, going to run for office. Who knows? I might later on down the line, but I like to keep my personal information very private. I'm a very private person. As you guys have probably saw me posting a lot on social media about the race in Kentucky. To me, that was so important. I voted, I voted, excuse me, I donated to both 
candidates that were running against uh, Mitch McConnell. For a lot of people who don't know about Mitch McConnell, he's basically been in politics for a very long time, longer than I've been alive and longer than y'all have been alive too. But Mitch McConnell is is in a very unique position because he uh, is an individual that I think is more extreme than Donald Trump. If you ask me, people don't know that, but I, I look at Donald Trump. I look at Donald Trump as being a, a person who I want out, but I look at Mitch McConnell as being a person who I feel personally attacked by. I was looking at recent poll numbers lately. Obviously, Biden is up 15 points, a lead over Trump right now in a new national poll. Uh, Amy McGrath actually won. Uh, the primary there. But how do you guys feel? Someone once told me, they sent me a message on Instagram in my inbox and they said, I think you should mind your own business with your own state. That comment to me, shut up and dribble. <laughs> shut up and dribble. That's what that comment reminds me of. <laughs> like, what? So there's not people who, there's not people in your state who need help? Exactly. <laughs> like, that may, I, I don't understand people like that. Well, Everybody and needs help regardless of from a state that, that donates the least in, into the national government funds. Absolutely. Withdraws the most. And, and then some, you know, comparatively to New York and then New Jersey and then California. I literally was shocked. And I said, what? You going to tell me? Because she's like, you're you're meddling in local politics with your money. We don't want your California money trying to turn our state blue. Is this a political thing or is this a race thing for him? Because, yeah, well, you know, I looked at it. I didn't look at it as a race thing. I honestly didn't. Some people would have probably I, said I'm that. I'm looking at everything as a race I, thing I know now. you are. I looked at it as, I looked at it as literally someone who was from Kentucky who felt like there was an outside interest trying to influence politics in her local community. That's why I'm donating an additional $700 to Mr. Booker's campaign. Let's just say she did not respond on that note. You know, at the end of at the end of the day, it's just like, gosh, guys, we are all one, right? It doesn't matter if I'm in California or if I'm in New York or somewhere in Texas, right? An American is an American. That's how I look at it. Black, blue, white, green, yellow, whatever, whatever your skin color is. It was so disgusting to see out of 600, what is 600,000 plus individuals having only one polling place open. You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. And Georgia changed their rules. Georgia to change their, their voting rules to where it's like uh, they no longer are listing on the ballot whether the person's a Democrat or Republican. So you have to do your own research. Well, it's the same thing happened in Wisconsin as it did Georgia, you know, with the voting uh, booths being available. I mean, and people waiting in line for seven, eight plus hours, you know. All day. And then they close them last the, the, the suppression, The suppression is, is visible. That in itself is real. Mm. The voter suppression is real. They don't want us, they don't want us to, to have a voice. They don't want to speak up. That's why they make the and voting then, process so damn hard anyway. <laughs> well, and that's what, kept, that's what kept Mitch McConnell in office since, you know, 1985. Just uh, for parents there so everyone understands how long this person has been in office. Think about what that mindset looks like. Somebody mm-hmm. who is creating laws for a day since 1985. Yeah. You know, the mentality, the, the things that you've seen and, and we're living in 2020. I mean, that's, that, that's what we really don't see right now, you know. And then with Amy, uh, you know, running, I understand it's, it's competition and things like that, but this person, you know, who messaged you and things like that, they need to find something else to do with their time. I mean, and I probably <laughs> always, so, we're worried about it because all you're doing is registering, you know, another 1,400 more people in, in the state to, to vote. So that in itself is, is a help. So um, a friend of mine, I was talking to a uh, college teammate of mine today, and he's actually a police officer in Florida. Mm-hmm. And he was just telling me about how he thinks that there should be a cap for politicians of like, you cannot run for a political office after the age of seven. How do you guys feel about that? 
the, he, he thinks that there should be a cap is what you said yeah you, you cannot you cannot run after a certain age because of your mental cognitive i wouldn't say a cap on, on an age necessarily but i would say on a term limit yeah. you would have a term a term limit okay right. or do you think there should be some type of cognitive test that they have to take every quarter or every something mm-hmm. to prove what to prove what like every so, year i mean what, what right but is it like a, it's a psychological test that what is that going to prove though so, i mean what, what do you, what would you be looking for that they're mentally ill i mean the person is, we are that they're how mentally we've elected someone that they're the mentally highest, land, you know, highest office of the land so I mean, I guess Devin is saying, what are you going to do with that information once you once you get it? What are you going to do with that data? I still don't know what that proves. So my first question: Do you think there's? Do you guys think there should be a cap? I do not. Or age? Or do you not. think anybody of any age should, should 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 be able to run? Yeah, I think anyone of any age. I mean, um, I think there should be a, a minimum. Like right now, it's thirty five years old. You have to be thirty five in order mm-hmm. to run for president. I don't think that there should be a cap because once again, look at this. Every single person has a different mentality, right? Their their mental health is very different. So, you know, there are some people, and I mentioned Judge Judy earlier, she's like in her, her 70s, and she could run a circle around a lot of people who are in their 30s mentally, right? Let's just okay. really be honest. And then, that, and then that was my follow-up question is, do you think there should be a cognitive uh, evaluation? That I do is not. Done? I do not. I don't, I don't see what it does. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, not for me. I, I, do you think Do you think Donald Trump Do you think Donald Trump is equipped to run president because he's not equipped, or because of his age? His or own both? said that he's not mentally equipped to run the run this office. I mean, yeah, definitely not mentally. Not of mentally course not. Equipped. But, there's, there's, but the problem is the problem is Ar- Armani. What you're competing against is half of this nation is uneducated and whether we like it or not, the Electoral College elected him into office, not by the vast amount of people who voted for the so, president, but by, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the test would necessarily prove, but I do believe there should be a cap term limit, right? Like, you should be allowed for maybe two terms, three terms, but I don't think you should be making the, the laws and rules for the next 20, 30 plus years for generations to come. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, it, it, but it, like I said, everyone is different. Every person has a different mental uh, capacity and the way that they handle stress and the way that they respond to crisis. So it really just depends on the person. And unfortunately, we have someone in office right now that is not mentally sound uh, and is unable to manage uh, and lead and showcase strong leadership abilities with really being in that position. So you know, I mean, yes, it would be nice to have something to where in the beginning stages, you know, that's another vet. But uh, I mean, having something that's, you know, in there for the quarter or for the year that evaluates you mentally. No, I mean, they do that for the health portion of it. Of course, you know, the uh, president is evaluated um, often to see how their health is. If you wanted to argue the point of mental health being the same as, you know, the rest of the physical portions and that would be a good argument. I don't think that that should be uh, something that we should be implementing. I think it is. I think your mental health should be just, I think, I think it should be because I don't think he is mentally stable to run the office. I I don't. And nor do I think Joe Biden is to be quite honest. But if you, but if you, if you, but if you have 70 million people who t- who believe that he is, how do you persuade that? And if it's they, if you know, we're, we're considering the people who vote, and uh, given that majority of his people came out to vote in the counties that mattered, or you know, or counties that were not suppressed, you know, I get it. There's uh, also a contradiction to that. But at the same time, if there are people who don't feel that way, if you went to, you stopped in the middle of the country anywhere, the, and you put on the news, the the advertisements that you're going to hear about the president are completely different than what we hear here uh, in California. Yeah. I mean, you know, now 
being in Texas, I'm sure. But again, that's what people are fed day in and day out. They're not seeing what we see and the reality of what is, right? They live literally in a fantasy world at that's the same fine, time. But if, the, people don't, if people don't agree with you, what does it matter? You know, then what? Now you have 70 million people who don't agree with you. And to get that approved, you would need equivalency or more. What do you do? Yeah. That core of people is never going to agree with you, though. That core, that... that so the, then the, what the, makes the you more right than them? It's not about making right. I was just posing a question. I was just asking a question. That's all. <laughs> no, I, I I'm not saying I, it's I right or it's wrong. I agree with you. I'm just saying the process doesn't make sense. I agree with you. I'm saying the process doesn't make sense. No, but I agree with you 100%. I agree 100%. I just think that, for it, so what? what? So what that we think he's mentally ill? It doesn't matter what we would necessarily think. It's no, no, of course not. I, it, it I think matter, but I just be, the message needs to be not, is he mentally ill, but are you registered to vote? That would be my message. We can speak about different things. We are multifaceted people. We can say you need to vote and still speak about something else. Like our what what you're striking for could be a, a various, a myriad of things. And we don't need to just focus on, oh, vote, vote, vote. We can say, vote, 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 vote. Brianna Taylor, just before my doubt. We can speak about all these things in one time. So let's do it. Right, right. So, so of, of your friends in this previous primary election, how many of them didn't vote? Boom. Oh, a That's lot a of question. them. I, I found out did, did not vote. A lot of them. I'm right. So, so instead instead of saying that, oh, yeah, we can do multi-thing, clear that we've proven that old time and time and again that we can be questionable about doing those things that, that all of us have that capacity to do so. So again, my message is, are you registered to vote? And I, and I agree yeah, with you. With all those there are people who can do multiple things, but there are many people who need a little bit more of a push. How do you guys feel about, and this is my yeah. thing, if I were running for office, this would be the one thing that I would want to implement as president. I would want to make sure that every single American, uh, once they reach the age of 18, that you are automatically enrolled or automatically registered to vote. It's the same thing when you turn 18, you have to be part of the Selective Services uh, Agency, right? Uh, which is a portion for you guys who right. don't know. It, it basically enrolls you in case that you need to go into the military or some sort of armed forces uh, for the United States. But that's my thing. I think that every single person who turns legal age, which would be 18, you are now registered to vote. And I think that we should also turn voting days into holidays to where you don't have to go to work and places are closed. So this becomes a day where we celebrate or we go out to make sure that we're voting and we're casting that vote to put the person in that we think should be the individual that should be running the country or public office, wherever. What, what's your thought process on that? No, you better money. <laughs> So I agree with you, Kenny. I believe voting for a lot of minorities who are considered now essential workers don't have the luxury to be able to take off a leisure two hours to go vote. So when I, every time they say, well, black people didn't vote, you have to ask yourself, why didn't black people vote? That's why right. I was, why? Why didn't they vote? What were, what were the means to them not to vote? Was it because every time they did vote, they would see their impoverished community never, nothing ever changed? Could that be a reason? No matter who I get elected, my life, my, what was happening for me is never going to get, is never going to change because I'm not caring. For. Could that be one reason why people don't vote? Possibly. I don't know. Could could it be because, like I said, they don't have the opportunity to take off of work to go vote during these time, fucking middle of the day time slots that, that are, that you said before five o'clock. People don't get home and five o'clock. Right. And, then, and maybe and it's also in that how, how, that, how right. and then how difficult it is for people. The process of voting for a lot of black and brown people is extremely mm-hmm. difficult. I can understand why in the past, 2020 is a whole different thing. It's a whole, whatever you need to do to go vote, well, fuck it, we're not even working. And I can say by November, we're probably we're probably still going to be sheltered in place at the rate we're going in now. So go vote. But I'm just saying there was, a, there was a reason why a lot of black people didn't vote. And I can even say for a lot of my friends, they didn't vote because they were like, Trump, they laughed at them. They all laughed at them. And now look at us. 
laughing at a damn self. Yeah, they automatically so, thought that he was going to lose. Trump being elected, granted, the past four years have sucked, but if it has given us any type of awareness as a people on what we need to do, we've awoken in a sense, and we realize what the fuck we need to do. But anytime there's change, there's going to be bad times where there's good times. So we're all, all we're going through right now is a sorrow to build up for something much better and much greater. That's how I feel. I like that. What's your thought process, Devin? I agree with Armani wholeheartedly. You know, it, it's not the same across the, the country as it is here in California. Yeah. Um, and, and it sucks. You know, you, you look at what happened in Wisconsin, you look what happened in Georgia, you know, all of a sudden, randomly, these booths are closed or uh, don't work. And then, you know, given what COVID is, is going to continue to bring, given what we're seeing, you know, national average numbers going up, 67,000 cases a day, right? <laughs> but like Armani said, when people happen to work, black and brown communities are the first communities that have to go back. They're the first line of defense for working jobs, right? Yeah. Who do you think, the, you know, works UPS and, and FedEx drivers? And who do you think does does all of the labor work in this, this country, the blue collar workers of these jobs? And these communities are affected first. People need the time off the boat, like you said, Kenny. People need this as a national holiday, and I agree wholeheartedly that that has to change. And, and But again, that change begins with voting. Unfortunately, we have to get yeah. those people elected to get those laws changed, to get those things in place, you know. Uh, but again, it's, it's a whole system that we've missed out on for generations because if you just go back, back and back to your parents' parents, what was voting like for them, right? What was it? What, mm-hmm. were, what were their opportunities, right? Was vote by mail even possible, right? Yeah. Or even a voting booth? How how many miles did you have to drive? And was working even give you that time off, right? I think about what when my dad maybe first voted, right, and what took him so long. And really, I mean, as a, as a young black man in this country in the seventies and the eighties, what what was there to you to do, right? What what change were you to have? You really mm-hmm. just trying to survive. It's a, it's a new thing, I think. I think voting is such a new generational thing. I think it's something that came about maybe in Obama's era that kind of woke and we see what it brought about in Trump because we got comfortable with the country and uh, the whole pendulum swing. And, you know, that was the first time a lot of individuals who were millennials had, they had the opportunity to vote was for Obama. I went all out. I was volunteering. I was doing a lot of things right. uh, because to me, I wanted to make sure that I did cast my vote and I cast my vote in a certain way. My grandmother used to take me. She used to manage the polls. So, you know, I used to go with my grandmother at literally like 4.30, 5 a.m. in the morning. And she'd go to the, the local school, which was Gracie Elementary in Merced. Uh, and she'd open the, the poll places with her, her other old friends. You know, they would, they'd be her and like three other older ladies and they'd be sitting there and, you know, they'd be there all day. They cook food the, the night before and they take it there and it'd be literally a celebration. So I kind of grew up around voting. I already knew that that was my civic duty and my responsibility to ensure that that I did cast my vote when I got older. And so, you know, it's just remained that way for me. So that's why I said, look, I think that if I were president, I would put in law or try to at least push for making sure that every person is registered as soon as they turn 18 automatically. And then we make it a holiday. You don't have to worry about having to go to work that day. You can actually spend the time casting your vote. It doesn't take long. And then change some of the laws and the rules nationally on how local states are able to to facilitate this process. You cannot facilitate a process where you have 600,000 people in only one polling place. Someone's going to jail.
Right. So, you, you know, you grew up around voting, and I know that's something that we're just kind of talking on in, in the subject. And since America is number one in student loan debt, drug prices, mass shootings, war spending, prison population, gun death, oil consumption, with all those things said that we lead the, the world in, who do you guys want to see as VP? And considering that Joe Biden has already said that he wants to, it, well, he said it will be a woman. It needs to be a black woman. That's all I know. Right. It, but, needs, but who, it needs to be a black woman. Feel is, but who do you feel uh, that that person Ooh. to make that and to also bring that into young people I think I think that's important Devin that, that's a that good question I, think, I don't know how I feel about Kamala to be honest well let me Kamala just um, my, but let me just say this really quick definitely not uh, Amy Klobuchar definitely not Amy Klobuchar he's already no. he's vetted her but he he's already dismissed her essentially from the list it's it's really down to Susan Rice Val Demings Tammy Duckworth or Keisha and and or I mean honestly I, I don't think that he'll he'll pick Mala but mm-hmm. I like Keisha. I I would really like a Val Demings to be honest with you guys uh I'm sorry did did you say Keisha uh Keisha who this is new to me Keisha Lance Bottoms mayor of Atlanta no thank you yeah no, thank Wait, you. And I know you're familiar. I know you're familiar with Atlanta. Yeah, no, thank you. You don't want her. I no, no, thank you. Um, and the reason I no. say no, thank you is because she. <laughs> here's the thing. What's wrong with her? No, that's why. Nah, I, nah. That's well, why I had to say. Pick, I agree with Kenny though. That's why I had to say Keisha who. Keisha who? Keisha Keisha who? <laughs> I just knew you so weren't weird. talking about. I knew you weren't talking about Keisha Lance Bottoms. Look, I have nothing. Let me just say this. And, and here's, here's I like my Keisha Bottom. I know. Tell me, okay, oh, I, okay. Maybe I don't know. I, maybe I don't know enough about Keisha. Though. Maybe I like Keisha because you got a so that's Keisha Bottom's name. Maybe that's the only reason why I like. People can look good in certain positions, right? People can look good on TV. You can look mm-hmm. good on social media, but if you don't have the wherewithal to follow through or the ability to lead and manage and get shit done, which is your job, then I say no, thank you. I have nothing personally against Keisha Lance Bottoms. I think that the way in which that city is being led, I think I would not like to see that on the national level. Um, that is not something I, I I'm that. interested in seeing. Atlanta's kind of running the muck right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, then also, I, I also that. too, I feel that. She, 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 had the, she had the authority to enforce wearing a mask in that city, which, is, again, if you guys know about Atlanta, is the most, the, has the largest <laughs> airport that has the most travelers that come into the U.S. Yeah. and or around the, and so if you're if you're if you're in control of that and you're not mandating masks in that city, that in itself speaks for itself. And then you yourself contract COVID, so you just look like an idiot. Yeah. And then you post later, oh, okay, we're going to make masks mandatory. Okay, well, you think so? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you, okay, it took you getting it to to now make that mandatory. I mean, it's just crazy. Do you think she was influenced by the governor though? By her? By, you by know, she did? no, here's my thing she contradicted the report and she stands in a very powerful position right now being i think a black woman in atlanta and as mayor of the mm-hmm. city i think that she has the city support right now i think that everything going on with what we've seen with george floyd i, I think following that with Assad, I, I mean endless amounts of support i think running through that city and i think that she had the real chance to stand up to him and say enough is enough I get where she wanted to be moderate in the sense of she wants to look presidential and potentially a candidate mm-hmm. for Joe Biden. But at the same time, you have to you have to do what's right first and, yeah. and, and let your shine come from there. Yeah. And I think that that's where she missed the mark for me. And yeah. that's where she really, really stepped out of that light. And she, you know what I mean? Like she really, really had the chance 
also, she knew about this. You knew the consequences of you knew it was in your city, but yet you again were more worried about CNNs and the, and the spray painting on the building as if they're not going to go ahead and get take the billions of dollars they have and redo it and revamp the whole entire building. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we don't have time to sit here and worry about no CNN and how they feel. I, I get that there's an issue there, and I get that there there are things that can be changed, but you have a bigger problem to worry about. And right now, it's taking life of the people in the in your city. Yeah, so it's priorities. Can we back off of that? Priorities like, with, with, is important. With the, with, the, with the spray painting of Black Lives Matter, like, that's great and all, but who the hell asked anybody to do that? That's not changing anything. You spray painting Black Lives Matter down the street is not changing anything. Like, I feel like people are just like, oh, we're doing this for you guys, so you guys be happy, and then they go on with their business. Oh, we're going we're gonna to sing the Black National Anthem for football. Who the fuck asked you to right. do that? Oh, I see what These you're saying. These are things nobody right. asked okay. you to do. <laughs> Like, that's what you're saying. What, what, I was like, where, I was like, where are you going, what Armani? Where are you going? I know you, you had me for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I said, where's your brother? Where's your brother going? I'm gonna let him finish his statement before. Okay, I'm gonna really back in for y'all. I'm gonna really back in. But those are like, who, who is like all and like even even with the NBA, they they had they they allowed players to put whatever. Well, it's not even whatever phrase they want. But it's a predetermined list of phrases that was coined off by the NBA P, NB, NBPA, and LeBron was like, "Well, I would really like to have my own, like my own input on what was what was being put on my jersey." But you know, they nasty. But you know, it's no big deal. I, I'll just wear the back. I'll just wear my name. Are you guys even doing this in concert with these black athletes, with these black people? So it's like these big corporations just saying, "Oh, we're going to do this, y'all niggas be happy." What? <laughs> That, yeah. I, I, it comes off. It comes off as very, like, very ingenuous, and that's maybe that's me. How, how do y'all feel about it? Here's the thing: I don't mind it. I don't. I don't mind seeing a visual representation every single day that Black Lives Matter, right? Because obviously, yeah. it's sparking some sort of visceral reaction in a lot of people around the country to where they are now defacing these uh, statements uh, across the country. You know, in Martinez, I heard you. You were getting ready to ride, Devin, on the the people in Martinez. You said, "Let's." <laughs> That's all you that know, post. You were ready. I don't mind the visual representation being seen and being out there every single day. Now, for Agreed. some some people, right. some people, they're like, look, you know. All I'm saying is that's not enough. That's all I'm saying. That's not enough. Yeah. Right. Black Lives Matter is great. That's we not agree enough. With that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we agree. Going back to pick. Uh, if I were to say, I don't know, I haven't really been following it. Who else is running? I know that you mentioned, uh, obviously, I said no to Keisha, um, Kamala, some other. I say no to Kamala. I don't, I, I know. Susan Rice oh, is Susan also Rice. A, a very high candidate. Yeah, she's wow. a former UN ambassador for Obama. Yeah. Right. And, and, and also, this is my thing. She's worked very much in the shadows. Uh, she gets things done. She, she, has the, she has the experience. For me, Susan Rice. It looks really good. I, I like Val Demings as well. I think Val Demings has a lot of uh, what you would find to be what, what white men critique and find as hostility or anger because she's a, a black woman with an opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, in, in Congress, she's very outspoken. And I, I appreciate that about her because she gets things, you know, said that need to be said. She says the things that need to be said. But for me, it would be Susan Rice. That would be my number one pick. She would be at the very, very, very bottom. Um, I, I agree with I, you. I think I, if I if I put my money on anything, it's gonna be a Susan Rice. I, I, I don't think that'll be a Kamala. You know, Kamala, you, Kamala would come in. She would be on the list yeah. definitely. But Keisha, no. Uh, Keisha's a, a strong, hard, fast no for me. Um, I you know I 
I agree with Antonio Brown, and you know Antonio Brown, um, Devin and Armani, both of you guys know. Uh, he had made a, no Antonio, who was at my speaker series, Antonio Brown. Oh, he, yeah, he, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, no, no, Antonio Brown, who was running, who was running for office uh, at the yeah. time. Yeah. And uh, now he's obviously yeah. he's in it like Flynn. He said recently, and I think in a, some sort of interview, I'm not sure if it was with CNN or MSNBC, but I think he had said that he thinks that Mayor Lance Bottoms should resign. Honestly, I was there with him. I was there with him 150 percent. I think that she is a little bit over her head right now. And, you know, like I said, I go I constantly go back to this when people are in positions and you're in a position of leadership that is now going to really start to show people whether or not you are a true leader or you've been faking the funk the whole time. I feel like certain people can do just enough just to get by. You know how you have those co-workers doing just enough just to get by, but they're skating on everyone else's work, right? They're, they're hiding behind that, right? But as soon as you put them out in the forefront, <laughs> heads hell everything is going to roll right uh, because they're not they're not able i don't you know i i kind of think keisha is like that i don't think that she's a person you think she's taking the funk yeah i think uh, she i think she had a, a good image and people bought the image because you know we live in california we, we've got hollywood we sell images yeah. every damn day to the world not just to this country we sell images to the world what i think people bought in atlanta they bought the image she was polished. She looked and she sounded good. She had a little bit of experience. And people say, yep, mm -hmm, I'm voting for Keisha Lance Bottoms. But I think as soon as, you know, as the shit hit the fan, as my grandmother used to say, it was a different story. It was a very, very different story. And we're starting to see that play out now. And I was talking to someone yesterday uh, who lives in Chicago. He had mentioned their mayor, Lori Lightfoot. She and apparently she passed this new law. There's a new law that was passed uh, ordinance saying that you cannot buy alcohol after nine PM. I think it has something to stem. Mm -hmm. I need to look it up to, to see what it really stems from. But they got that. They yeah. got that in Texas. You can't buy alcohol after nine AM. So what's the what's the, all that what's the notion behind that? The law. Since I so you can buy beer and wine, but if I want to go buy like some bullet or some whiskey, no. Nah. After nine o'clock, you cannot buy it. So in Texas, you they don't they don't have like you just can't go to a, a, a market or a corner store, or even a target and buy alcohol. If you want alcohol, you, to a bar? To go to a specified, huh? you go to a bar. No, so you, have to to a, a no you have to go to a place that. Like if I want, if I wanted to, you have to go to a liquor store. Yeah, you have to go to a liquor store to pick up a bottle of liquor. You can't pick it up at like a little bodega or or CVS. They don't sell liquor at those places. They only sell, sell beer and wine. So at once nine o'clock, the liquor store closes. The SOL. I remember this past weekend. I was trying, it was nine o two, and I was like, damn, we need another bottle. Couldn't go get another bottle. Had to go get three bottles of wine. I, I don't know what the deal is about that, but I think they do that to try to limit DUI. So if you're not, they think if you're not buying after nine. You won't be drinking after nine, so there'll be less people driving drunk. Doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, but I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm looking at right now as you speak, you know, he personally feels like, you know, punishing everyone for a small group of people. You know, I don't drink alcohol. Y'all know this, so don't make me never know mine, as Fantasia would say. Thank God I don't drink alcohol because I'd be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, that just goes to show you need to you need to plan your stuff, right? If you know that you're going to want a little a drinky drink, you need to go and make sure that you get your drinky drink before 9 p.m. What's wrong with that, plan, right? 
plan ahead. I ain't gonna lie. Living in California makes you accustomed to a certain certain type of lifestyle. And then when when, the, when those certain when those certain customs are afforded to you, just like how the fuck was I ever living like this? Like that's how I feel back in Texas now. Living in California for four and a half five years, and now I'm coming back to Texas. And I'm just like, wait, what? Yeah, I was doing this, and I can't do. Nah, fam, I got to get I got to get back to Cali. Yeah. <laughs> California, we are a very, very unique state. We try to think about everyone's feelings, you know, trying to make sure that we're including everyone. And that's what I like, you know, and that's how I grew up. And that's how that's how I really think the rest of the world should be. You should think about everyone's feelings, whether they're gay, straight, black, blue, yellow, religion or no religion. But, you know, some people would really disagree with me. How do you guys feel about these statues coming down all around the world? These bring them. Edward Colson's Edward Colson's in the in the UK. He's a Tory Parliament member. Uh, he was a longtime slave owner. Yeah. Was replaced by the Jen Reed. She's been a, a you know an activist in uh, just the female empowerment. Yeah, it's in the community and just her, I think like an icon of her own. But yeah, they replaced yep. her with or him with her own statue. That's good. Yeah. That's good because my, my thing about the statues is like, what are people? What what? Why do you want this statue to be erected? Why is this meaning so much to you? What 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 does this person? What does their statue being up? What value does that hold to your life? That's what I want to know. Well, because I ask some people, people that like question. You knock down they, and what did they say? The ones that were really kind of like stronghold against it they were like this is my this is my legacy this is my history just like martin luther king that was great for you malcolm x that was great for you and he went on some other stuff he was like that is my history i'm like but if we really take a look at it How that, there's, what did they directly do for you well yeah martin luther king wasn't the best man on earth right but nonetheless he also wasn't a slave owner he didn't do x y and z to gain his wealth there are things that go into the equation that you have to take a look at and see whether or not because some people think that removing the statue literally is removing a portion of white history right and that's what i've heard no so those two things are completely different they're completely different. They're having an enshrinement of a person. That is to say, like, oh, I am. You, you're you're now more. You're like a deity. Like you're you're uh -huh. enshrined forever. This this person is some type of person that you look up to. That's not an, a complete an eradication of history. You're always going to be in the history book, but we should actually tell the correct history of who you are as a person. The history books are going to be there, but let let not say because we're we're, we're pulling down statues that we're eradicating history. The history books. Oh, the history books of what you are and what you have, what you have done, are always going to be there. And they're always going to be told. But we're just going to have your enshrinement up to say, like, "Oh, you were this great person when you really weren't." Look, you'll get no argument yeah. out of me. Like, I always try to like hear both sides, but a lot of times when I'm listening to the other side of people speak, now I'm just like, "How the fuck do you think like that?" That's what I, that's how I feel. I'm like, "What? Where the fuck did you come from to think like this?" It's, it's baffling. I am so grateful for mm. this year. I am so grateful for this year. Now I know. This has not been a strong year for a lot of people. I want to get your perspective and your take on what 2020 has been like for you and what you've been doing and how you feel that uh, whether it's been good or it's been bad. We can start with you, Devin. Ooh, um, <laughs> you know, for me, much like you, I'm, I'm super grateful for 2020. Uh, it, it humbled me in so many ways. It taught me to kind of learn and listen to a lot of people that I normally wouldn't have. And 
and I would just say, like, much along with, I know many people really, really, really hate our president, as I do, but, you know, I'm thankful for him. I'm really thankful for what he's yeah. done. Uh, I'm thankful for the people he's brought to my life so I can figure out who to, who to really get rid of, who I really thought was something that they're not to me. Um, so, I mean, I'm really appreciative for, for those, just, just that light, right? Like, the, the people who were in the dark and living in the shadow. You don't need to, you know. Let your let your let your heart out, you know. Let your let your light shine. Let me know who you are, so I know where you stand with me in my life. But you know, for this year especially, I, I really think that it's coming to full force into you know face front. And even in the time of COVID, it's allowed me to spend time with people that um, are you know with me. But you know, you learn a lot about them. And what's your thought process, Armani? Well, for me, um, 2020 will go down as one of the most pivotal years in American history period. Um, we are watching history unfold right now. As far as for me personally, I took the quarantine as a way to better myself. I looked at it as a way to mature personally, to grow emotionally, and to and to just evolve as a better person. I looked like up like up until like the first two and a half months. I looked forward every day to getting up, working out, reading because I was like I'm I'm just I'm bettering myself every day in some as in some different aspects that I was never doing before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was looking at every day as a challenge. Now, honestly, up until about, up until like May, I was so content with being by myself and I never would have thought like, damn, like I have been, I've been by myself for two months, two and a half months. I have not tried to go do nothing. I'm not trying to go to no, I'm chilling. I am super just like in my own zone. But then, you know, after a while, like the, 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 the urges start coming out. I'm like, damn, I, I kind of want to go out. I then, kinda, you start, and that, then you start that, going to little barbecues, huh? Like, you started good luck. You started going to little, little, hey, there wasn't many people in his backyard. There wasn't many people in his backyard, but you and I both know this person very well. And I saw you, I saw uh, Sister well, no, Erica. Okay. No, no, no. From the very beginning of COVID, we did have our core four. So it was me, Erica, Jason, and Candace. We would have game night every Friday at Jason's house. That was mm-hmm. like literally, and Jason lives, he's a five minute walk from me. It would literally be just us four and nobody else for like the first two, three months of of COVID. And that was like my little escape to be around people. Yeah. So that, so, so throughout during the week, I was just, I, I was cool with being by myself. But yeah, man, like I honestly feel like I'm coming out a better person. I'm coming out a more mature person. And believe it or not, like I before really wasn't keen folks on speaking out on a lot of social injustice issues. I just felt like I don't want to speak out. I don't want to make somebody uncomfortable. I don't want to say something <laughs> wrong. But I just didn't like over during this COVID. I've been doing a lot of reading. I've been doing a lot of reading. COVID's been great for me personally. Saved a ton of money. I've gotten to the best shape of my life. My perspective and my outlook on life is better than it's ever been. I'm excited for the future. I am eager for this shit to be over with, and I'm eager for like the next, the next, the next step in my life. I'm 30 now, so 30, 30 is here. Yeah, right. happy belated birthday again. I mean, I did mention, I did wish you a happy birthday, but I'll just say it on the air. Happy, happy I birthday again. 2020 has been a really good year. Uh, I am grateful for Donald Trump, as you, Devin. It's definitely opened up a lot of unforeseen things or things that were just under the surface that have now come to the forefront. So, you know, that's one big thing for me that I'm, I'm very grateful for. And I was thinking like, man, 2020 is going to be the year. I was thinking to myself, <laughs> last year, 2019, we all did, thought that. <laughs> I did not know it was literally going to be the year uh, the that year. a lot of shit literally. would pop off. If people have not learned anything, I don't know what to say. So if you haven't learned anything, go back to the drawing board because there's so much over the past six months 
that you can just look back. Now we're seven months. Just look back at the past six months and see. There's been so much. Is there anything else that you guys want to add before we end? Like I said, I appreciate the platform, Kenny. I appreciate you bringing us together and to just express our feelings. But no, I, I thank you and uh, looking forward to meeting up in the future after COVID. As a Devin, so I know you. I know you want to get off in your your little tidy whities or your little spandex underwear. You want to show that body off, both of you guys. <laughs> Look, you guys are you guys are desperate to show that body off. I know, I know, I know. So no, I really appreciate this time. I really appreciate you giving us this you know this platform to speak and have these conversations. And I think that that's what we need is more of these conversations because honestly, it's what creates change, and that's really what we need in this in this world is change and to love each other and to be better and to do better for ourselves and for our communities and for our people and i appreciate that really i do so that's awesome thank you guys and i love you love you love you dearly and i appreciate you guys for coming yeah, on the can show we get, can we get food and drink soon can we you say can we do drinks yeah, soon like, that's what i like what did you say food and drink food and drinks food yeah and drink. of course we could. yeah duh of course we could do that soon as long as you wear your mask armani Thank you. Oh, I don't got to wear it because we either got it or we don't. Right, because, you know. That's not what, anyway. Anyway, that's not what I said. But we we're not trying not to catch it. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I ain't got the credit. Thanks, Kenny. Hey, yo, that will conclude the show for today. But remember, if you like this podcast, y'all, please share it with your friends also like and subscribe there's a lot more where that came from that will be coming this way trust and believe like and subscribe follow me on social media you can catch me on instagram at sir kenny j that's s-i-r-k-e-n-n-y j as in jack hit me up on my website that's kennyjtoday.com until later y'all peace